0: Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, the the cold weather is officially here. And if you're inside your home and you're feeling the shiveries, you're just saying brr all the time. What you need to do is talk to your local Pella Omaha and Lincoln expert about taking a closer look at your windows. You can save energy and you can stay warm with the windows from Pella that are properly installed, the patented Pella way by professionals using window and doors with the highest energy efficiency ratings in the industry from energy star. Check them out online. pellaomaha.com that's Pella And the Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza in basketball. It's all about killer combos, pick and roll, give and go pick and pop Creighton and a whole bunch of three point shooters combos make life better. And Runza makes it all better with the classic combo that's great during the, the winter months, chili and cinnamon rolls. The best sweet and spicy combination to hit the Midwest since Greg and Doug McDermott. Here's what you do. You're going to Marcus Zagorowski alley that cinnamon roll with your left hand. You're going to Christian Bishop dunk the, the cinnamon roll into that homemade chili. And there's nowhere on earth that does it quite like runs. So get there today. Get your chili and cinnamon roll game right and tell him your friend Nick Baugh sent you. All right, it is uh it's Monday, December twenty-eighth. Hope, hope everybody had a great uh happy and uh healthy holiday break here uh with, uh with with Christmas in the rear view. Uh I wanted to get this guy on the pod, Greg McDermott. Haven't been able to catch up with him, obviously with with the, the season's kind of been going crazy here for for a month uh we're about a month into the season but uh sometimes it's nice to let the games a few games play out and then talk to coach mcdermott uh because certainly there's there's a lot to discuss with his team you know they've they've uh they've They've done a nice job winning some grinder games. Uh, they, you know, they dropped one at home to Marquette. They lost on the road at Kansas. For the most, but for the most part, I've been pretty darn impressed with what we've seen from uh, from the Creighton Blue Jays thus far. But there's a lot to talk about with Coach McDermott just navigating COVID while trying to to coach a team. Um, you know, what's what is he seeing with Marcus Zagorowski? How is it uh, working in a couple of the you got a couple of transfers and Alex O'Connell and Antoine Jones. You know, we dive into everything that's been going on in the world of uh, Creighton basketball. So this is really good. You're really going to enjoy this. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Here is my podcast conversation with the head basketball coach for the Creighton Blue Jays, Greg McDermott. Well, on the line now is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Greg McDermott, head coach of the Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, Mac, I was uh, – so we're taping this on a on a Monday morning here. Doug and the Pacers off to a pretty good start. They beat Boston last night. And, I, you know, people always ask if you still give him advice. I want to flip it. Like, does he ever watch the Jays and go, hey, dad, like – you guys need to, you're doing this too much. I'd, I'd handle ball screens like this. Like, does he ever give you any advice? Uh, you know, what he'll give
1: me is, uh, you know, on occasion, he'll say, hey, you need to watch the out-of-bounds play that, you know, that uh, Milwaukee ran, uh, you know, with four minutes left in our game. Or, you know, like, and once in a while on shooters, he'll say something about, you know, their feet or their balance or something. Uh, but – You know, he probably listens to me about as much as I listen to him. Uh, You know, like he's been struggling shooting the basketball and I'm like, just, just shoot it, man. Like, you should not be thinking when you shoot it. Like, and then I, you know, I gave him a few tips, like, Hey, how about just, you know, think higher finish, think your feet first, you know, get your, get your, get your lower body engaged. He said, I can't think about all that in a game. I'm like, I'm like not in a game, man. Like when you're, when you when you're doing your workouts do it but when you're in a game you shouldn't be thinking about any of that stuff but no he uh, you know the new nate's been great for him yes. the new coach and uh you know I, obviously he's Yeah, you know, i got a text from from a national beat writer last night that said he looks like the creighton doug again like yeah. he's just running around back cutting curling popping doing all you know he's got a lot of freedom to move into that offense and when he moves uh, it forces the defense to move, and it it creates a lot of opportunity. So, you know, short small sample size so far, three games, but uh, he's really enjoying it. How
0: much do you? Because I always feel like there's a delicate balance of talking to your team about shot thoughts. You know, hey Mitch, you need to get get your you know get your elbow in, or hey Marcus, do this because that's like a. There's a delicate balance here because the, when when shooters are at their best, they're kind of like an app; they're they're just shooting, you know. Like I've always felt like because you can even spill that into the free throw line. There's kind of like a a line there of like you don't want to talk about it too much to where guys are in their own head. How have you kind of approached that with your program in general?
1: Well, first of all, if I had a dollar for 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 every bit of advice I've gotten on free throw shooting over the course of the <laughs> last month <clears throat> from our wonderful fan base, I'd, <laughs> I'd have had a heck of a Christmas. Yes, you would. Uh, But, you know, I think in free throw shooting, uh, you know, if, if I see something that I think is a little amiss in their, in their form or where they've got their ball placement or their follow through, or, you know, their balance, like Mitch is a very flat footed free throw shooter and I'm trying to get up, get him up on his toes a little bit more, but to do, to do that, you can only, you can only talk about that in practice. Like, all right, when you're shooting these, you know, 50 free throws, you got to make 45 of them, whatever it is. Uh, you know, here's a here's a thought I want you to have, you know, to make sure you're doing if somebody's struggling. Now, I don't mess with good shooters very much, hardly ever, uh, unless they ask for it. And oftentimes, uh, you know, for three point shooters, it, most of the time, like a guy like, you know, Doug or Roggy or Mitch or Marcus or, you know, guys that are elite shooters, like it's their lower body you know, they're, yeah. they're not engaging their lower body. They're not getting their feet and their hips square. And now it's like shooting at a moving target when you're doing that. So, you know, those, those are things that I'll talk to them about in practice, but you, you know, the, the reality of it is when those guys go to the free throw line, the last thing I want them to think about is the free throw. Like yeah. think of a, go to a happy place right. somewhere and, and, and think about something else and then just do what you've been doing your whole life. Yeah. You know, just step up there and knock it in. And, And, you know, we've got some good shooters that aren't shooting it great right now from the line. And I'm hopeful that that'll correct itself over time.
0: It's so, it's free throws are such a weird thing. Like my high school coach, we had to shoot 50 every day and record them. Coach self at Kansas, when I tell you, Mac, we never one time worked on free throws in practice, like I I can't remember a single moment. Where Coach Self told us to go, hey, get to the get everybody get a partner and and work on free. Not one time, but then Coach Altman, we shot free throws all the time. Like night before a game, we would go to the old gym and shoot free throws for like thirty to forty five minutes. It's just, I don't, you know, it's uh, there's it's an inexact science, and there's no right way to kind of quote unquote work on it. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like how often do you. You know we're both golfers yep. and like how often do you practice three foot putts <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like right. you, you don't ever go out there and like for 30 minutes i'm gonna i'm gonna roll these three footers in right. like it, it it just you don't do it a lot and you know we we as you know because you've been at practice you know what we'll do a lot is the guys have to make 10 in a row 12 in a row 14 in a row eight in a row whatever it is before they can leave practice so there's an element of pressure. It's usually after conditioning, so they they should be a little bit tired, um, and you know they're reaching the point they want to either get to their shooting workout or they want to you know they want to go eat dinner or whatever it is. So there's a little bit of pressure, but um, you know, I just I, I, I've I've had teams. I remember specifically a Wayne State team. It was a great shooting team, and we could not make a free throw. And I was a young coach and I was calling around and I had six different things we were doing on a daily basis to try to, <laughs> yeah. to get us out of it. And it just kept snowballing. Right. And finally I told my assistant at the time, like we are done talking about it. We're not going to practice them. We're not going to do anything. Uh, we're just going to let it sort itself out. And fortunately it did, but, uh, but it's a, you know, it's an important part of the game. And and it's also different, Nick, like uh, you know, interestingly enough, you know, we're, we're shooting sixty seven. Percent 66.9% from the free throw line. Our opponents are shooting 66.4. Uh, I, I think the empty arenas have a little bit something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just totally different. Like, you're up there in this huge place, and it's empty. And, uh, you know, teams, at least it, us and the teams we're playing, haven't, haven't shot the free throws very good so far.
0: Well, expand on that for a second, because I wrote that down. How much different, outside of maybe the free throw shooting, how much different have the games felt to you? Uh, I
1: mean, the home games were really difficult, yeah. uh, at first. And just because you're accustomed when you come through that tunnel, all right, here's what it's going to be like, like it is going to be rocking start to finish. And, and now it's basically a, a close scrimmage. You know, you hear everything that they say, they, everything you say, the referees now hear everything that you say. Um, uh, so it, it was really, really different. And I, you know, I think it's why you're seeing some, you know, some, some road teams go into some places and get some wins where normally it would be really, really difficult to do that. Um, so I, I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing, and, you know, the game at Kansas, you and I have talked, it was really refreshing for our guys to play in front of fans and, and our game the other night against Xavier, you know, even though it was only 15 or 1600 just to have some people oh, on your side and have a little bit of energy in the building. I mean, that's, you, you, you play college basketball to play the games and to compete and all that. But part of it is, the, the game day experience. Totally. And that's what uh, that's, what's been missing this season. And I'm hopeful as we move forward, we can get some of that back uh,
0: real quick. So you, you made a decision obviously. So like I said, we're taping this on a Monday. It's the 28th. You made a decision to send the guys home for a few days for the holidays or give them the option to go home during the holidays. You know, we were texting. It's such a tough spot. I mean, the guys are mentally fried. They haven't seen their family in a long time. There's certainly the risk element of it. But what? take me into your mind and your staff and you guys, what went into that decision?
1: Well, initially, Nick, everybody in the Big East was going to keep their guys on campus. And we had kind of made a decision as a league to do that and everybody be prepared to play December 30th. Well, a couple teams had buys on the 30th. Uh, and didn't play till January 2nd. So they were going to send their guys home for a few days. And then, you know, Villanova and and St. John's made a mutual decision to postpone their December 30th game um, because they felt their guys needed some family time. So once that happened, it really put me in a difficult position with our players and our parents. And, you know, you're around these guys every day, and you see them. And, and, and Nick, a lot of these, you know, half of our team hadn't seen any family since middle of August. And you could just see it building, and you see things – bothering guys that yeah. wouldn't normally bother a guy and you, and you can see some things between teammates that that is really rare and part of it is they can't get away from each other yeah. and you know so um I just felt that while there's a risk certainly to send them home and I understand the risk uh but I our guys have done a great job and knock on wood hopefully it continues and I, and I trust them um, that they really needed a break. They needed to get away from each other. They needed to get away from us. And most importantly, they needed to go see some family and feel like the world is normal, at least for a few days. Right. Um, and hopefully that'll help us get through, you sure. know, these dog days of January, February, and early March. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think it was the right thing to do. And, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't get burned because of it.
0: Speaking purely from a basketball standpoint, what what's been the hardest thing day to day as a head basketball coach navigating and dealing with COVID and trying to coach your team? Like what has it been what we're talking about? Just kind of dealing with the emotional aspect of it. Like what's been the most challenging part? Cause we're about gosh, a little over a month into this thing now.
1: Well, I mean, for me personally, you, you want your guys to have a great experience and that's part of what, being a college athlete is and obviously there's a lot of responsibilities and roles that you have to fill to to hold up your end Uh, but the frustrating part for me is is like i know their life away from basketball stinks yeah compared to what a normal college experience should be and now they come over into our building and they can't use their lounge they have to only a few guys can go in the locker room at a time Um, we can't do a team meal or a team movie or uh, you know go play laser tag and you know all the things that you would do that would build that team camaraderie that would get them together off the court they get to know each other on a different level you can't do any of that and as a coach to to you know to try to think of ways to make sure your guys are enjoying this experience uh that's been the most frustrating thing to me is like okay what there has to be something we're not thinking of that we can do that they'll really enjoy and uh you know you know we gave them their rings after the win yeah. from last year uh, and you know that was something like all right let's let's surprise them here with this and but you know you just you, you you in your bag of surprises there aren't any because you can't do anything together and that's uh that's the frustrating part and the hard thing for us and you know we're still wearing masks in practice uh you know trying to protect ourselves the best we can um uh, but uh, it, it's been a challenge uh, to say the least and I'm I'm really proud of our guys uh, you know, for the way they, that they've approached it really from day one.
0: Where, where specifically does your coaching change or what you do daily change when you have an experienced group like this one that is pretty accomplished? I mean, hell, you just handed them, you know, Big East Conference champion rings the other day. Like, there can't be much you can tell Mitch Ballock that he hasn't heard a thousand times from you before. Like, do you, do you for, focus more on the newcomers? Do you get more into the really specific details? Like, How does that change when you have a a group that is so experienced?
1: Well, I think when they're older, I think you can have conversations with them uh, because they know what to do, and and sometimes they may not do it. So, you know, I can approach Mitch, Marcus, and DJ and say, all right, you know, we had six opportunities to dive on the floor for a loose ball in that game, and we didn't do it. So here's the deal. Uh, Either we fix it, and I'll let you guys fix it, or we can do dive on the floor drills for 20 minutes for the next three days in practice and see how you like that. Right. Like sometimes you have you freshmen, sophomores, you have, you have to teach them that, that skill. Like when it's there, we're going after it. Like your nose first to the ball and hit heads going after the basketball. I think when you have an older team, you can say, come on guys. Like I've seen you do this before. You know what has to be done in this situation. Now you have to do it. And uh, so I think you have more conversations like yeah, that and, and you know, yeah. you don't, I don't get caught up in a, you know, my staff probably doesn't like this about me. Like I don't sweat the small stuff. Like there's, there's things that are going to happen and, and there's, there's, there's ebbs and flows to every season. And you just can't panic too much when you have an older team, you just kind of got to let them figure it out. Because as, if you think back to when we were juniors and seniors, you, you didn't want to be micromanaged by the coaching right, staff. Right. Um, you you put your time in, you've spent the time you've done, you've done the reps you have a routine that you're doing every day and you just kind of in some ways want your coach to stay out of your way and let you do your thing uh put you in a position to be successful and and then let you play so um you know i've done that with these guys in particular and you know they know that i trust them and you know we'll we we, will talk about things when we're in an individual film session but other than that i just want them to be basketball players
0: so right now you guys are 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 coming off back-to-back grinder wins where the offense wasn't necessarily great against UConn and, and then Xavier. You had to kind of win with your with toughness and defense. And it really feels like, and maybe you feel different, but it feels like you guys have taken a major step forward in this area over the past year or two. What has what allowed for that? Like, how do you get better at winning those types of games? Because that's a hard thing to simulate in practice. You can't say, okay, guys, everybody get in the half court. Let's pretend like we're having a, we can't throw it in the ocean, but we gotta defend and here we go. Like that that's sometimes hard to simulate and practice. How do you get better at that? Because it's important when you get into into conference play.
1: Yeah. And, you know, ironically, Nick, we played four conference games and the game we played the best offensively, we lost <laughs> Yeah, Marquette. Yeah. So, you know, like you have to do the other things and, and there's things we do in practice where you need three stops in a row or four stops in a row, uh, you know, that that builds pressure and, and you know, and, and really uh, probably elevates your focus. Because all right, we've got to get a stop, or we're going back to ground zero here, and we have to start over. Uh, so you, you you talk to your teams about the importance of every possession, and obviously, I think uh, I think we learned some lessons from the Kansas game in that regard. Like there were some possessions that, you know, we missed some free throws, whatever we they you know they threw in a bank three point shot as the shot clock went down, but we we had opportunities and possessions where we came up empty because we got away from who we are. Uh, on both ends of the floor and you know when you lose a game i think you even have their attention more where you can really break those situations down and explain them to the guys so uh, you know we've made strides defensively and you know i think this group has been together and and you know denzel is 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 he's adapting to the new role as we move forward but christian's better defensively and we've talked before he's yeah. you, know, you got ryan shot blocking christian's a better shot blocker this year and christian's one of the best ball screen defenders in the country um, in my opinion because of the different things you can do with him with his length and athletic ability so uh, we made strides defensively and it's going to be important in this league because people know each other and they're going to take away some of your go-to plays and you've got to find other ways to score and most importantly you got to find a way to get stops
0: Uh, you know Mac you've obviously coached a lot of guys that are coming back from an injury I'm not sure in your career if you ever dealt with a a, an injury of some sorts but you know it is just because you're 100% quote medically cleared to play doesn't necessarily mean you're 100% back with your rhythm and your flow and your timing on as a basketball player with with Zegarowski how's he doing right now like where's he at because you certainly can tell that that he's he doesn't necessarily he shows flashes of kind of looking like the guy that was playing at the end of the season last year but it's 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 been a little bit up and down to this point what where's he at you know, I think, I think
1: mentally, you know, he beats himself up because he's such a perfectionist and, you know, he wants it all back and he wants it all back right now. And I, uh, I've been around long enough to watch guys come back, you know, whether you talk about, you know, Martine Kromple coming back from an, an ACL and, and, you know, we, we go down to the, I think we were in the Caymans yeah. and, you know, Jacob Epperson played much better than Martine that whole tournament but by January and February, Martin was playing at an all-conference level. You know, it just – it takes time. You don't have your legs back. You don't have your timing back. Uh, your wind isn't back. And, and uh, you know, I see it getting better every day with Marcus in practice. Um, and it's just a matter of seeing a couple shots go in. And, but, you know, his assist turnovers through nine – his assist numbers through nine games this year are actually better than they were last year. He's got a few more turnovers uh, and his shooting percentages aren't quite as good as they were last year at this time. But, you know, I think those are things that will be fixed because he's a, he's a tireless worker. And, and the reality of it is, Nick, if you think about you as a player and and you're in the middle of kind of a slump and you want to get out of it, playing six games in 16 days is not a recipe to get out of that slump. You need like practice time. You need routine time in the gym where, where those, that stretch Marcus was either, recovering from the game the night before or or taking it easy because we play a game the next day right and that happened for 16 straight days so I think now is a time where we have a little time where he can get his routine back he can get some recovery work done um and I think he'll come out come out of it better on the other side and I've said it before Nick I worry about a lot of things (laughs) and a lot of things keep me awake uh Marcus Zygurowski is not one of them yeah
0: well I mean listen he his there'll be a game and you're like, man, Marcus was just okay. And that would be like, I would, I would be showing my fill. That would be like my career game, you know? <laughs> so it's it's all, it's all relative with, with the guy like Marcus. Like we just, we, we've created such a high standard for him that like anything below, Oh, he was eight of 10 from the floor. He was six of six from three. He had seven assists, zero turnovers. There's kind of like, ah, Marcus, he yeah, was just okay today.
1: Yeah. No, he, and he, he's going to be fine. Oh, and- no question. Uh, You know he can impact the game in so many ways, and that's what's that's what's been that's what's fun for me to see, and why he's so enjoyable to coach is that he's not a one-trick pony. That if he doesn't score, he's not helping you win. And you know, I think to the play uh, at UConn at a critical time, getting into the lane and you know throwing the little flip-up pass to to Christian uh, for a basket that ended up being the you know the game-winning basket. Though you know, it's those kind of plays when. Things aren't necessarily going for you perfect. Like you've turned it over a few times, you've 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 missed some shots you normally make, but still have your head right to make the right play when when the when the situation calls for it.
0: Let's take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime pals and loyal supporters of the podcast, Pella Windows and Doors. Yeah, you know, Pella has a window type for every home and every budget. And you might know Pella for its award-winning wood windows, but did you know that Pella also has a complete line of industry-leading patented fiberglass and vinyl windows? Pella's Fiberglass windows use a patented Duracast material more durable than aluminum or vinyl made from a composite material used in the aerospace industry for its strength, durability, and temperature resistance. It's big time right there. And Pella's vinyl window series offer all the features that make it one of the most energy efficient windows on the market with the same value and style you've come to expect from all Pella products with outstanding structural integrity built from multi-chambered, Fully welded frames and sashes, Pella's vinyl windows assure a quieter, more comfortable home. Bottom line. Pella's vinyl and fiberglass windows are really, really cool. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And while we're here, let's talk about my good friends at Runza. Got another super secret menu item not a lot of people know about. My friends at Runza are hooking me up, and I'm going to let you in on it. This one's just, uh, you know, this one's near and dear to my heart because it's a twist on the best fries on earth. Runza's Crinkle Fries. It's Runza's Chili Cheese Fries. That's some legendary Runza Crinkle Fries topped with their homemade chili and cheddar cheese sauce. Let me say that again in case some of you passed out just thinking about it. Legendary Runza Crinkle Fries, homemade chili cheddar cheese sauce. Oh, my goodness. It's a side that eats like a meal. So there you go another super secret menu item exclusively for Nick Ba podcast listeners. So stop in order the chili cheese fries and runza. And while you're there, I'll tell them Nick Ba sent you. Okay. Back to the podcast. You and I talked after, I think it was after the Yukon game. And I, I, I... Why don't you expand on this? Because I I said that you know, obviously you're a very very well respected offensive mind and offensive coach, but where I think you are really underrated is in player development with your program. Like you just you go you look back on your time here at Creighton and it's like every single player takes massive strides when they're in Omaha. And Christian Bishop and Damian Jefferson in particular are two guys that that have really taken strides. But you told me that you try to find guys on the front end during recruiting of that wanna work and want to get better. Take me inside that a little bit more. Like, what's how do you how do you go about kind of vetting that and researching that? Because you know, what it is sometimes you talk to a high school coach and he doesn't want to do his guy wrong, and he'll say, "Oh yeah, he's he works hard." Or you ask the player, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a gym rat." But like, I don't know. You probably got to you got to dig a little bit. What's how do you, how can you spot that?
1: Well, you know, you ask a lot of questions, you make a lot of phone calls, uh, but you also, you know, there are guys that. You know, when I, I remember recruiting Marcus or Mitch or, you know, you know, go keep on going back. You know, Marcus Marcus Foster. Yeah. uh, You know, right on down the line, and you know, guys were always, they're always on their way to the gym when you call, or they're coming out of the gym, or they call you an hour later and say, Coach, I'm sorry, I was in the middle of a workout. You know, like it, it you you can you can tell, and and it, you know, guys play on enough teams, high school teams, AU teams that. That you can, as you ask questions, you're, you're going to get common answers from people. And 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 then the reality of it is guys that are maybe fringe guys in terms of their work ethic, like they have a good work ethic, but they don't really understand what what it is to be great. When they get here and they're around people like that, they get pulled that direction right. because they see, God, darn it, these guys are in the gym all the time. You know, I, I need to get over there. And, and then you get over there and then you see some success and some development because of your work. And then it snowballs. So I, I think it goes back, you know, all the go all the way back to, you know, Doug, Ethan, Jahans those, you know, those guys, Kenny Lawson was in the gym a lot. You know, those, those guys getting here and working that when they're seniors, the freshmen take that from them. And then, then hopefully your program, it's part of your culture. then. Right. And, you know, we have guys that, that get in the gym and work hard and take advantage of this beautiful facility we have. And fortunately, it it it's it's gone. It's permeated through our entire program. And some guys are different. Mitch is a six thirty in the morning, seven a.m. guy. Uh, you know, DJ and and Denzel, uh, or Sharif, those guys come in 10, ten ten thirty at night. That's when they like to come. Some guys like to do it right before practice or after practice. Everybody's a little different, but they all have their routine. And and you know I've also think Nick when we talked after the UConn game I've got a great coaching staff yeah. as well you know the guys that were here before and you know D Rock and, and and Steve Lutz and, and Preston those guys were terrific and and you know now I've got you know Al and Paul and 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 Branch that just do a terrific job working with the guys and and helping them find ways to get better watching NBA film and pulling them in and have them watch some of their favorite players and then work on that skill and really. Um, you know, really dive in and and get better. So, um, you know, when you have good people around them, it certainly helps them to develop.
0: A couple more, we're we're out of here, Coach Mack. Uh, Antoine Jones, um, you know, obviously you see the talent. I mean – his around the back pass to, to Mitch at the end of the first half of the, of the Marquette game is one of the better passes I've seen. He had a great uh, little spurt in the Xavier game in the, in that, that really was, was important. But you can also f- see that he's still finding his way and settling in. What's the most important thing for him to find his way and settle in? Like what if take me into your office when you're sitting there with Antoine like what are, you, what are some things that you're telling him right now?
1: Well, there's no question, I think that anybody that's watched us play knows that Antoine can help us offensively. Yeah. It's just defensively, he's, going, he's generally going in the game for DJ or Denzel or you know two guys that have been around and are pretty good defenders and, and, and also really understand our scheme and what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it. So there can't be a, there can't be a huge fall off there. And you know, number one, it's got to be effort and energy, and, and I thought he did a great job with that. In, in the Xavier game. And then it's execution, being in the right spot, doing the right thing, knowing when you're supposed to be at help, knowing when you're not supposed to be at help, knowing when you're supposed to switch, when you're not supposed to switch, you know, those are things that kind of come with time. And then offensively just, just make simple plays. You know, sometimes, you know, Antoine likes, he's really good with the ball in his hands, but our, our offense is predicated on ball movement. So we can't have the ball stop every time it hits your hands. Sometimes, it needs to be reversed. You need to move it and wait to get it back. So you're attacking a tough closeout rather than attacking an established defense. And those are things that are that are getting better every day. And you know, when he when he played here against us when he was at Memphis, I think he had five or six turnovers in that game. And you know, he's played 152 minutes this year and he's got seven turnovers. So he's really learned to, you know, here's what I need to do, here's what's going to be available, I'm going to make the right decision. Um, so, you know, he, he's going to play an important role in our team as is Alex, as he gets, gets better and gets more comfortable. Uh, but I, I, you know, I really like where the bench is coming with Antoine, Alex, Sharif and, and, and Ryan. And then, you know, Jake, if we can keep him healthy, um, I really like what they can do for us moving forward.
0: Yeah. It, talk about Alex O'Connor a little bit more because it, it's obviously, it's challenging when, you know, the teams played, gosh, what was it, six or seven games, and then all of a sudden you're inserted into the lineup. And I'd have to imagine he was kind of in a red shirt mindset, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're playing with the rule that came down. Where, where is he at in terms of his acclimation process? And what tell – tell all the Blue Jay fans, like, where he can help you guys on the court the most.
1: Well, I think I'll answer the last part of that question first. I, I think people have seen with some of the rebounds he's gone to get, you know it's a different level than what we have you know he yeah. can go snatch one up above the rim and and we need some help uh from a rebounding standpoint in that guard court and i think he can he can give that immediately obviously his ability to attack the basket you can see his his intermediate game's really good um he's, he's only taken three threes and he's missed him but he's going to be a, a very capable three-point shooter as well and then defensively it's just going to take him some time to learn our system you know duke got out and denied and And stretch the defense out we don't play that way so we've got to reprogram him in that regard Um, but you know again nick last year denzel knew when he was going to be eligible we knew when he he was going to be eligible we could plan for it everybody knew it was coming and this one kind of just hit us from outer space right and in the middle of that six games in 16 days so you didn't have a lot of time to really get him integrated into what we're doing um, but he's he's getting better every game, and you know I you know I think it's going to be important that we get some of our top players off the floor some, or they're not playing 34, 35, 36 minutes a game. Can we get that down to you know 30, 31, 32, and what that does for us over the course of a game and the course of the season? I think could be really huge. So. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about her depth. And, you know, and the other thing is, Nick, let's be honest. What if what if you lose a guy? And, right, you know, with what we're right. dealing with, with the virus, we're trying to keep guys away from each other. And if we were to have a positive case, you know, that depth allows you to maybe move on and continue to play games.
0: I, I tell you what, though, it's just so good to see Jacob Epperson out on the floor. I, I, I can remember talking to you of maybe the day after, he he had the the leg fracture lost last October. I mean, I tell people it was so bad that you guys couldn't practice the next day. Like it was, everybody was so devastated from it that it really shook up the entire team. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like it, it wasn't necessarily a certainty that we were even ever going to get him back on the floor, right? Or like what? Like it's just amazing to see him out there.
1: Yeah, I mean that was a traumatic deal for all of us. Uh, obviously Jacob, number one, but everybody that was there and witnessed it, it was, it was a tough deal. And and you're correct. We, we, we were 20 minutes into practice. We didn't practice that day, nor we, nor did we practice the following day. Uh, But, you know, ironically that it, it isn't the surgically repaired knee from a year ago, that's bothering him. It's the other one. And that's why, you know, it's, it's, there's been some slow going here and it's, Um, He's very limited in the time that he can practice and because he can't practice a lot, obviously he's pretty rusty when he gets in the game, but just having him available every day and around the team and feeling like he's part of it is, has been awesome. And uh, you know, I, I think there'll be a, hopefully he can stay healthy enough where we can continue to use him down the stretch and, and it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a process with what he's been through, uh, but it's awesome to have him, have him back. And he's just a terrific young man.
0: Last thing, we're out of here. Most important thing your team needs to tighten up now that calendar is going to turn to January. We're going to, we're going to get knee deep into conference play. What's what's the what's the thing that rises to the top of uh, the to do list?
1: Well, you know, I th- I think Nick, and you, you may think I'm crazy for saying this, but you know, pace has been a big part of what we do, and and I think we've lost it a little. And I think part of it is uh, it is that you know we were disrupted in late November and it cost us some practice time and cost some guys some serious time. Uh, And then you jump back in when we start with the, you know, December 8th or whatever it was with the Kansas game, those six games in 16 days, we, there wasn't a lot of practice time. So as a result uh, you know, I think we've lost our pace and we have to get that back. And, you know, it starts with a quick outlet or quick inbound and the point guard doing his job and really pushing it. And, flatten out the defense with sprinting to the corners and getting our first big down there. Um, so that's really going to be a focus here. The next three days in practice is to try to try to get that back. Because I think that's so important as you move through conference play is that can you steal six or eight points over the course of the game because of your pace? And, uh, you know, we've got to get that back. And that'll be, that'll be a big focus here moving forward.
0: Greg McDermott, awesome stuff as always. Uh, I don't know. You know, they're sending me to Charlotte to do, uh, I, I got a couple of Blue Jays games, but I don't even know if we'll be able to, to talk to each other via, via headset like we have on the radio. I'll have to just, just keep your phone on you. I'll have to give you a call and we'll have to just catch up here uh, over the course of the next month, you know.
1: I always need your knowledge, Nick. Have a safe trip, my friend.
0: All right. Thanks, Coach Mac. All right. My thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet, great burgers, cheese runza, delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Media
1: Production.